Hey, hey, Star Wars fans, it's Gary here from Spark of Rebellion, and we would love for you to listen to all of our brand new episodes when they land every single Saturday. Make sure you follow us on your podcast app of choice or pop over to sparkofrebellion.com forward slash listen. If you like the show and you want to support us, you can do that via our Patreon. Just head over to sparkofrebellion.com forward slash Patreon and come and join our other patrons. And thank you so much for your continued support. Now, may the force be with you and on to this week's Spark of Rebellion. Hello there. Hello there and welcome to Spark of Rebellion. This is your weekly Star Wars show. Welcome to episode 61. We're going to fill you in on everything to do with Star Wars so that you guys don't have to go and scan all of the RSS feeds and websites and tweets and all that jazz. We've got it all right here. We're going to come on to some uh, casting news. We're going to get on to some Lego news and some gaming news. There's been a big drop in the last week for an upcoming Star Wars game, which looks pretty cool. And then we're going to dive into a little bit of review and discussion around those pesky sequel movies again. My name's Gary, your host as always, and joining me, my co-host in The Falcon, the dude that's not quite sure whether he wants to be uh, a typical face model, a hand model, or a hair model at this point, because that seems to be the topic of discussion. It's Mr. Mark Asquith. How you doing, buddy? Oh, yes. Well, I think I make a great hand model, um, because... Working with computers, I, uh, I don't use my hands for anything rigorous, so they're nice and soft, despite my age, much softer than you'd think. A lot of people would think that these were 25-year-old hands, uh, and they'd be wrong. So could go down that path, and obviously with the face, that's getting older, but both in our 30s, so we could probably both do it. Probably spin this off as a uh, Sparker Rebellion modelling agency and uh, retire, and you know, with that idea... I can tell you that I'm good, mate. I wasn't as good as I was a second ago, but now I'm on the up. Trending up. Trending maybe, upwards, isn't it? Yeah. Maybe we'll give old, uh, old Kathleen a ring. Say, look, I know you do a lot of pickup shots once the main cast has gone home. We got you covered for the rest of it. Yeah, need any hands? Chewbacca's hands? Got your back, Kath. Yeah, yeah. Just a random hand that pops in to pick up a lightsaber or something. That could be Mark Hamill's hand. No, it's Mark's hand. I used to know a guy that was, uh, this is not even a lie, mate. A guy who swore blind that he played the calves of Dolph Lundgren in uh, Rocky IV. <laughs> That's not even a lie. That is not you, even a lie. Well, no, you're not lying, or the guy's obviously lying. Hold on, which, which is oh, not yeah. a lie? Yeah, he, like, I'm not lying about the story. <laughs> right. I don't, know if, he th- I don't Do know if he knows he's lying or whether he believes it. But if- like, I don't know even, I mean, I don't know how you prove that. How do you prove that? That's a good point. Well, Why? I reckon it would be asking Dolph Lundgren. That'd be a start. Yeah, but he'd clatter me with his, like, 72 Dan Black Belt. He'd just be like, get out, smack in the face. And that's and something, like, yeah, you'd take offence at that as well, wouldn't you, straight away? Yeah, that's big boy shit. That's big, big boy shit, yeah. So, he'd have come through that yeah. wall if I had. Yeah? <laughs> Against karate. <laughs> Against karate? I don't yeah. think so. Big boy shit. Uh, but I'm all right, dude. How are you? Yeah, sweet. Sweet. Yeah, I've not done anything too Star Warsy over the past week. The only thing I have done, as always, when I get bored, is fire up the old uh, 
the old Battlefront 2. It seems weird playing that now, though. It's, uh, gamers are fickle, man. Not not all gamers, but some gamers are fickle. It's like when I was at like the peak of Battlefront 2, it was like, yeah, this game's just so cool, man. They keep releasing loads of content. It's never going to die. And then when we had that thing, it was like, right, you don't get any more. That's it. And then we've got this new uh, Squadrons announcement and the Lego games coming up. Now I'm just like, Battlefront what? Battlefront what? Oh, that old game, that old thing. <laughs> you have to reinstall that, I suppose. But I have uh, played a few rounds of that. Uh, dived nice. in. I, I want to keep it going. I want to keep the uh, keep the streak going because you never know. Might be a job interview thing. It's like, yeah, you're pretty good at that, but what are your Battlefront 2 skills like? Well, now you mention it. I've kept them fresh. You come through your Battlefront 2 streak. Exactly. Yeah. Keeping them fresh. I know all about that. Well, that's not a bad way to spend a bit of time. Um, I, I've, I've been doing a, a completely other thing, which is discovering modern trailers to the Star Wars films. Have you seen those? No. no. Modern trailers? Yeah, so just basically trailers shot in a modern style, oh, which cool. is mint, because I, I think they like re-record some of the audio and stuff, like the music. They take the main themes, and it's like you have the Force theme, but it's like in some kind of choral like thing. And it's, it's just really it, it, it's fascinating to see how they would have marketed them today and what beats, like what story beats they would have chosen um, versus what they chose in the past, which was like, in a galaxy, swashbuckling everything, <laughs> cowboys in space. And now it's like with a modern trailer, it's like all that, all that soft music and it's, your father was a great star pilot. And then it's <laughs> like, you know what I mean? How they cut it up, they focus on like different parts of the story, which is fascinating. So yeah, I've been binging those. There's one for every... Every one of the original trilogy and every one of the prequels, and it makes like Attack of the Clones look like a mint film. <laughs> <laughs> well, trailers often do that. Yeah, true that. There was a, a, a spat of uh, old animated shows that they they mixed together to make the trailer. So they did the old Batman animated series, but they did it with the uh, Batman Begins um, or the Dark Knight uh, films. You had all like the music from the Nolan films and all the stuff because like the, the Joker and that. When you Juxtaposition, juxtaposition records. So yeah, didn't want it to, as it happens. So <laughs> he bought bought them for all my friends. <laughs> They're in my garage at home. <laughs> Don't rake up old graves. Yeah. So when you juxtaposition that with the uh, yeah, so I'm I'm with you on that, dude. You can go down the rabbit hole on YouTube with those things. Like two hours later, it's like you still watching trailers. Yeah. Yeah. What of it? Just like mini movies. So I've watched ten movies today. What have you done? <laughs> <laughs> Bloody hell. Right. Got got giggles today. We have got giggles. Yeah, we just spent the last 15 minutes before recording just freaking falling about laughing about random crap as always. You know yeah, what the random crap is. Yeah. It's not random, is it? A bit, bit of Brent. It's just the office. We need to buy Brent. Uh, sorry, Brent. Crikey. We need to buy Gervais a couple of pints when we see him next because he has provided years worth of, of comedy gold. Yeah, we could buy him a couple of pints. What is the brewery in Swindon? There's a, what's that main one? There's a Courage. Is it a Courage? Yeah. Is it Courage? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Gardener's Arms. How's the food? Yeah. It's all right. <laughs> <laughs> right, let's crack on. Right. Otherwise, it's going to be an office podcast. It is, again. Which I'm up for. Of course. I am up for that. <laughs> Time and a place. Yeah. That is mental. I had to let him go in the end. He was awful. You're not going to lose your podcast. You're not going to lose... You're not going to lose your podcast. <laughs> right, moving on to some news. Actually, no, before we crack on with news, let's do the usuals. Remember to subscribe to our show in whatever, par uh, whatever past, 
whatever past, what what is your past? What is your past? Whatever in a time long ago. Star Wars. What is your podcasting history? Right. Remember to subscribe to our show in whatever podcast app you get your podcasts on. Just do a search for Spark of Rebellion or head over to sparkofrebellion.com. You can listen to all of the episodes on there. And if you sh- sh- dude, if you shove a forward slash listen on there, it's what happens when we record in the morning. We've removed our normal weekly slot and now it's like, Gaz, do you want to record on a Saturday morning? Like, yeah, go on in. I'll be up then. And we've just blatantly done like an hour of David Brent impressions. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Head over to sparkofrebellion.com forward slash listen. And there will be loads of links to go off to the various podcast networks and apps. We'd love to have you as a subscriber. We're on the socials too. Instagram, Twitter and Facebook. Oh, my God. Face B. Just do a Face search for us on there. You'll find us on there. <laughs> what would they search for? Spark of Spark of mashed potato. I think it's just going to be marker rebellion today. I'm just going to do all the. I'll do the jokes. You do the drops. Yeah, exactly that, right. man. Because there's no dead weight. There is yeah. no dead weight. Sessions. Mm, Milligan, please, Everett. We're on the socials too, mate. If you didn't know. Ah, did not. Did no get the agenda. Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. Just do a search for us on there. And if you like what we do here, if you appreciate all of the f ups from me and the comedy for Mark, then we'd love to have you as a supporter. Head over to patreon.com forward slash spark of rebellion. There are various tiers there. Jump on from a dollar upwards, get yourself some SOR swag. And everything that we uh, that comes through on Patreon, we put it back into the show, make sure we've got top class hosting and equipment and all that stuff to give you the best sounding show that we can. Moving on to the news, which we should have done a few minutes ago. <laughs> the Mandalorian... I think this was reported a couple of weeks ago, dude, but we're just going to chat about it now. But uh, Katie Sackoff, who we know from the, uh, uh, was it Battlestar? She was. Yeah. Makes, yep. She was badass in that, Battlestar Galactica. Yeah. I haven't seen any of the uh, the newer ones from a few years ago. Oh, mate, it's mega. It is good. It's a bit slow, but good. Is it mint? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It really okay. is good. Okay. I know her from that, though. I know her. That. Was she in Star Trek as well? I think she might have been in Star Trek. I can't remember. She was, was definitely her. in, she's been in like the Flash and stuff as well. Right, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyways, she was the voice of, um, of uh, Bo-Katan on both the Clone Wars and Star Wars Rebels. So they might as well just cast her as live action. Just get it out of the way. It's like uh, the, the lady who plays um, Ahsoka... They're like, no, 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 you can't be on it. <laughs> no, 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 your voice is all right and all that, but you know, you you can't be on it. But uh, Katie, you know, the old blonde hair, bit of a smile, bit of a tan, you know, you can be on. Fits. Yeah. So, yes. <laughs> um, yeah, Katie Sackoff has reportedly, again, this is one of those many rumours that does the rounds. Uh, we've had a, quite a few of these for The Mandalorian over the last two or three months, I suppose. But this one... Uh, seems to hold a fair bit of water because everybody seems to be talking about it since it was announced a couple of weeks ago. So yeah, she's going to play the live-action version of Bo-Katan in The Mandalorian Season 3, yeah. supposedly. What's your take on this one, dude? That's pretty badass, man. Uh, it's, uh, it's It links to the next story about the whole Disney Plus thing. Um, I mean, 
it's fascinating to me this because the Clone Wars obviously had a revival, um, and like this entire area, this entire timeline is is curious to me. There's a lot of stuff I know we're going to get onto this in probably in the discussion section later, um, but like that big old gap between Jedi and Force Awakens is fascinating, and it's. Um, I think th- this is a really interesting play on like keeping things sticky for us. Um, so I think that the, what they seem to be doing is like balancing things between, look, here's a load of new stuff, and then here's some other stuff that is really stuff that you as a Star Wars fan will keep paying your Disney Plus subscription for, which is certainly not a bad thing. Like, it, it works. It works an absolute treat. Um, so I, I'm all right with this, because I think Bo-Katan was a, an interesting character. Uh, she was like, what, second in command on the old Death Watch squad? Mm-hmm. Um, and I think it's fascinating, because we saw, I'm pretty sure we saw, I remember exclaiming to Sam when it came on, that Death Watch was, um, wasn't it Death Watch, or they looked like Death Watch, that saved Mando as a kid? Like, it certainly looked like Death Watch with the armour, the blue and white armour. Blue, yeah, 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 we look like it. So I don't know if it was, but it feels like it probably is, and that would be a really interesting thing to see. Um, you know, because I think the Mando and Bo-Katan are around the same age, and probably the same age as Ahsoka, you know, both in our 40s, both in our 30s, um, but they're all in the 40s, aren't they? So, yeah, I don't know, it's, it's interesting, this dude, and I think it, it ties in, I've always liked Katie Sackhoff, like, she's a funny one, she's really big in genre, as we know, she's you know she's a huge sci-fi um, kind of genre actor, but she's one of those that like can ham it up a little bit too much sometimes. You know, when you see her on the Flash, it's like almost a bit overacted. Um, not as much as Chris Klein. Like how that guy <laughs> is working, I have no idea. What is he doing? Like how he was all right in American Pie because he just had to play someone in American Pie. But how is I, honestly? How is he still working anyway? <laughs> So she doesn't ham it up like that, but if she's given the decent material, she can get quite gritty with it. She can get quite, um, and, and, and she can get quite um, forceful. Um, and she's got that, she's got a decent range for a sci-fi actor. Um, so I think this is curious, man. I think it's fascinating, but I, I don't know how much stock is in it, but given the, the next potential news item, uh, you know, maybe there is some stock to it. So I'm all right with it, dude. I quite like it, Sackoff. Okay. Okay. <clears throat> yeah. Like I said, I don't really have much experience with, with the character because I haven't seen. I know she's obviously done a bunch of stuff, but I've not seen the stuff she's well known for, like a Battlestar and so on. I just had a quick look, and uh, apologies to our our Trekkie listeners if there's any out there. She wasn't in the Trek. No. 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 But she's in a bunch of other stuff though. She's like I don't know. Yeah, I'm aware of her, but I'm just not like huge fan. Not because I don't like her, just because I haven't seen enough. But that could be cool, though. And this, actually, let's jump forward to that other story that you've mentioned. So the other rumour, there's always rumours of Star Wars, but the other thing that's um, uh, also taken a bit of traction over last week is apparently kicking off from uh, around, I think it's mid-2021, uh, there's going to be a bunch of content on Disney Plus from Disney that will really um, just push so much content forward for Star Wars. And the the reason why this is doing the rounds is because, remember when Disney bought out Lucasfilm and Bob Iger and, and uh, George were like, 
yeah, this is going to be amazing. Like we're going to put a Star Wars film out like every year. So like one year there's going to be the main saga film. Then we're going to have a spin-off. Then we're going to go back to that and then a spin-off. And we're going to have like, you know, 42 films out in the next, you know. So when you hear stuff like that, people just jump on it because they're like, yeah, like loads of Star Wars stuff's coming. So I like this rumor. I think it's cool, but we do have to sort of ear on the uh, side of caution with this. So basically, yeah, um, what they're saying is with the with Disney Plus, they're going to start putting out series every quarter and they're all going to be connected in some way. They're all going to have this big intertwined um, narrative that's going to sort of flip between each series, I suppose. Uh, starting with what sounds like, if I'm getting my timelines correct, that are coming up, maybe the Obi-Wan series next year, leading on then to the Mandalorian season three. And then we've reported in the last couple of weeks that they're potentially working on a Thrawn series and an Ezra series and some other bits and pieces. So uh, this gets me excited, dude. This is the kind of thing that is always great when you nail it. So when you get this right, if you look at the MCU and how they do all that sort of inter-narrative storytelling, it can work amazingly well. So excited about this, but also a pinch of salt moment with Disney. You know, they sometimes have this excitable... Uh, thing and l- like I said, this is a rumor; it's not confirmed. But uh, this could be cool, dude. So, with the casting um, uh, of Katie Sackhoff for Bo-Katan, we could see Bo-Katan be in obviously the Mandalorian. That's what it's rumored for. But she might also pop up in the Ezra series, maybe you know, and that kind of thing. So, this has potential, dude. This could be cool. Yeah, it could, dude. And I think um, like there's three things that that um, I could probably commentate with on this one. The first one is, as you said. Disney get a little bit excited and I think when you, you've got to realise I think that when shows are in development doesn't mean by any stretch that they're going to hit prime time um, so I think you know if, if you're Disney Plus you, you you do what all all screenwriters are expected to do you you know you, you put a massive 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 wide net around stories and get several screenwriters to write some treatments and <clears throat> excuse me you know they, they, they do that in the movies all the time you know like the percentage of movies that get made versus the amount of screen written treatments out there is, is is vastly disproportionate um so i think that's like one angle to just consider is that just because these things are potentially in development doesn't mean we'll ever see them um however i think it's really 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 cool i think it would be fantastic and and my gut tells me that that's what they're trying to do because they've you know, if you look at the, the landscape, if you look at Disney Plus versus HBO Max, HBO Max is very expensive, but they got the Snyder Cut dropping as like a big epic four-hour thing. Like that's geek money right there and or torrents, apparently. Still get them. And it's one of those scenarios where if you are, if, you, if you're in a business model now that is competing for the share of eye of, of someone that's got Netflix and Amazon Prime Video and that's got Hulu and HBO Max and, you know, Disney Plus and and everything else, you've got to do something. And the thing to do with Star Wars is this, excuse me, and I think the the interconnectivity is the thing that would keep us coming back. And the, the fun thing with this is that they've cast... If indeed they've cast Bo-Katan and Ahsoka in live action, which we've still not received any word of, um, they're fairly heavy hitting for TV shows on Disney Plus. The the the, the actors that are being cast. You've got Timothy Oliphant, who I've got no idea what who is playing yet in the Mando, and it's really closely guarded. Um, and and there are other characters that have been cast that we obviously don't know about. And I think what they're doing with the casting it appears is that like you could make. 
Katie Sackhoff and Rosario Dawson, Ahsoka and Bo-Katan, you could make them appear in the Obi-Wan series and they would they could easily, easily be made to look, um, what would it be, probably nine years younger. So I think it's fascinating that they could possibly even consider this because like I said, they could, you know, these, these actors have been cast in, in, in roles that do span the original trilogy do span pre-original trilogy and do span post-original trilogy. Like those character ages are primed for a um, you know a twenty-year span of storytelling, and it's all it's, it is just about costume design and makeup. Um, so that's fascinating to me. The idea that they could do that because, <clears throat> excuse me, one of the things that you've got to figure out with this is that, um, like in the movies, we never saw Ahsoka do anything with Obi Wan. But in the Clone Wars, we see masses of interaction. We see the Jedi Order accusing Ahsoka and Obi-Wan, you know, how he handles it. We see all this fantastic interaction. And two of the only people in the entire galaxy that had really close ties to Anakin um, are still alive. And you've got to think that, you know, the reason someone of Rosario Dawson, you know, we talked about Ashley Eckstein not being cast because she's the voice of Ahsoka. I think the reason for that is that Rosario Dawson's just got more experience in the chops to be able to pull off a varied range of emotions on screen visually as well as in, in, in the vocal tones. Um, so I think this is fascinating, dude. Whether we'll see Thrawn or Ezra, I don't know. But I think, I think given the success of Clone Wars and given the fact that there is such a huge gap between Jedi and Force Awakens... Um, it would it would be a huge swing and a miss if Disney didn't touch what happened to Thrawn and Ezra. I think it would be a huge miss. Um, so I, I think there's some credibility to this, but I think we'll maybe get 40% of the shows that they're developing at the minute. Um, you know, let's not get too excited, Disney. Exactly that, yeah. That's my sort of train of thought as well. It's um, It all sounds great up front. And this has come from um, LRM online as well. Those guys are typically okay typically good with their with their rumors coming to fruition and stuff so we'll we'll see i mean they did say that um yeah the plan starting at mid 2021 to release a star wars show every quarter so we don't know how long that's going to go on for but uh yeah i mean it could be cool like the the cw they did that stuff pretty well didn't they with the with the dc tv stuff they, yeah, uh, but know. it's not it's not long to film though if you think about it like they've got to conceptualize cast design, photograph, and then edit and produce and market a show ready for next July, you know, assuming it's mid-2021. I mean, that's a heck of a lot of work, especially coming off the the, the arse end of, of COVID. You know, you've got a hell of a lot of people that are just ramping back up. So you've got to think production slowed down. And mm. I know conceptual um, ideas can continue at home and stuff, but it doesn't feel like that much time, really. Um, I know like Mando, for example, is coming out in November or October and principal photography on that finished pre-lockdown. So that was Feb. You know, that was, um, I mean, what's that? That's eight months. So like they're going to have to get the foot down. You know, they probably already have done, but you, you would just think, you know, if the, the, the thing that they're going to release next year, like if, if they are doing a quarter by quarter, the first two things that they release, quarter if they're releasing quarter three, for example, the Q3 and Q4 releases, which are probably, I don't really see that they would do that. Like Q3 would, the end of Q3 for 2021 is Mandalorian. You know, that's September, October time, 2021, you'd think season three was coming. 
So are they going to go before that? Because if so, like they're really going to get a boot on and really kind of make that work quickly. So I don't know. It's it's weird, isn't it? Because we've just heard it before from Disney. We just heard it a lot, like the Ryan Johnson trilogy, the Benioff and Vice trilogy. You've got a new film every year. It was just like we've, like it's a bit boy who cried wolf, isn't it, at the minute? Exactly. I was just thinking that. Yeah, it's like how many times are you going to announce loads of very cool films? And it on paper, it sounds brilliant. But then it's like, yeah, don't know, dude. But yeah, I mean, maybe they can re. I know they're reusing a bunch of stuff for the Obi Wan stuff that they they took off of the Mandalorian. So I think Ewan McGregor said that they were using the volume, you know, the big virtual uh, studio with the video walls and ceilings and stuff. They were using that tech for Obi Wan. So that you know, that's a lot of stuff they already have and already know. So that I guess speeds it up a little bit and stuff, but. Yeah, I'd imagine next year, dude, it's Obi-Wan and Mandalorian Season 3. And then Q4 is going to be something new. That's my opinion. So it gives them like a whole year and a half to do that new thing, whereas the other ones are already in production. That's that's my guess. Yeah, if this rumour is true, of course. Uh, right, let's move on to um, the top dudes over at Disney have brought down the axe on another character, booted it out of canon, I didn't even think this was canon in the first place. But anyway, the character Darth Plagueis, who we know is uh, has had a bit of backstory fleshed out over the last few years. It was mentioned, uh, obviously, in Revenge of the Sith, when, um, when Palpatine is telling uh, Anakin the story at the theatre with the weird noises. So that was mentioned first, and then they fleshed it out even more. We had the, we had the, the book from Del Rey, uh, the Darth Plagueis book, um, which was actually a really good read, actually. That surprised me a lot, that book. Um, I, I thought they were going to dive into pretty much everything to do with uh, Plagueis uh, pre-Palpatine, but it actually ended up being a bit of a Palpatine story more than anything else. So that surprised me. That was a really cool book. But uh, anyway, the, the 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 crux of the matter is that Star Wars has officially said now that Plagueis' backstory is now non-canon. So everything that you've that you've seen outside of Revenge of the Sith, every, anything that you've read in a comic or a book, is now out of there. It's gone. Now, I don't know why they've decided to do this. I, I imagine it's got something to do with the character popping up in something official over the next, I don't know, year, couple of years, I'm not sure. But... Lucasfilm have said that they've decanonized that everything you've seen so far because they do want they want to do a bit of a reset on the character and open it up to to authors and stuff to create some cool stories that would be official and would be canon. So yeah, the axe has come down again, dude. They've uh, decanonized something else. Yeah, yeah. It's it's an interesting one, this, and I, I think you're absolutely on point with this one. That it's it's because he's going to pop up in something else. Um, and I, I was the same as you with the Plagueis novel. It was kind of a, it was a fascinating one for me right up until the end, which seemed to just come around really way too quickly. Um, but I was fascinated on a number of fronts with this one. Like you said, the, the fact it's a Palpatine story, um, but also the fact of the cloning and the, the you know, the, the, the search for eternal life. Um, it feels like that's what they're going to try and angle to try and do something to tie to Rise of Skywalker and the cloning and, you know, everything, and the, the idea, not the idea for the cloner, um, because I know that was Cypher Dias, not Palpatine, he just, he was just, he was there to take advantage of it, but, um, 
it feels like that's what they're going to do, you know, and use some of the key elements from that. Um, the, the thing that always fascinated with me, with that novel, which is why it could have been so interesting to to kind of maintain that in canon, was that just the overlap between that and Phantom Menace. Like I had no idea before I went into that novel that it was it was going to overlap so very much with Phantom Menace. Like it, it went it went so deep into that movie. Um, you know, you, you sort of got. I reckon it covered, what, up to about two-thirds of the way through the movie. Um, you got a lot, a lot of interesting stuff with Maul in there as well. I think Maul showed up. Um, and it was just, it was a fascinating tale. So I think given the renewed interest in Maul, given the renewed interest in um, really kind of fleshing out things from the main saga characters in a way that keeps those characters front of mind is, is interesting. I think the one thing that kind of gets me curious about this is that, you know, there's that potential market confusion because you've then got, well, you, okay, so we're doing High Republic stuff. Who are all these Jedi? Like, okay, all right, this is a different time frame, but wait a sec, like, we're going to see all these TV shows about Ezra and Throne and Ahsoka and all this sort of stuff. Like, for the fans like you and me, that's cool. We geek out, we keep up with that stuff because that's what we do. But for the layman, you know, if my mum's watching it, she's like, why's Boba Fett got Yoda? And <laughs> what's what? This Darth Maul guy's alive. So there's there's a lot of that to consider, I think. But from a feeding us perspective, like the geeks who pay for that stuff, yeah, I think it's all bar nailed on the fact that they've come out and said this means that they are going to do something with the Plagueis character. Yes. Yeah. You're, you're bang on with that. I think, dude, I think he is going to pop up in something. But the offshoot of this, obviously, is if you decanonize that stuff and the main thing being the book right Darth Plagueis if you rip that out of canon then that also takes away a lot of Palpatine's backstory that has not been explained in anything else really other than that book so the more I think about it the more that book really wasn't a Plagueis book at all <laughs> because uh he was in it for the first what few chapters and uh and then he's off really it's all about palps so I think it's more about Palpatine trying to obtain the, the the knowledge and all that stuff from Plagueis because he was obsessed with that stuff. It wasn't so much about Plagueis himself, really. He had a little bit of a little bit of backstory, but that was about it, really. So anyway, it also opens up the door to retell potentially a bit of the Palpatine stuff pre Phantom Menace as well. But yeah, anyways, if you're if you're a fan of Plagueis. Don't count on that stuff um, being official anymore. You're going to have to wait and see what they do with the character. Uh, a quick update, moving on to Star Wars Celebration that's been, uh, we all know has been cancelled for this year. Not that we were going anyway, but uh, they've, they've put the brakes on that. And uh, as a bit of a surprise, they haven't rescheduled this for next year. Uh, they're going to give a, a year's break on this. So we're not going to get Star Wars Celebration until August 2022. Uh, back at Anaheim, though, at the convention center, which is cool. And uh, anyone that's uh, that had a ticket for this year's one, and they're doing, uh, I think that you can either transfer your ticket. So if you if you can make the dates in 2022, you can just literally just transfer your ticket over, and you can do that to the new one. Or if you want a refund, if you can't make it, they're also doing that. They're also going to, um, <clears throat> excuse me. Uh, 
if you ordered like they they do various types of tickets for star wars celebration as you all know uh, some of them are the standard ones other ones you get like a vip ticket and an extra bundle you get some merch and stuff uh, you can still have that merch if you want so if you pre-order that you were due to get the 2020 merch you can still get that it's all good or you can request a refund for that as well so they're being quite cool with it and obviously the the reasons why uh, is very obvious you know they want everybody to be stay uh, safe and healthy still they don't want thousands of star wars fans or crammed in one building that wouldn't be good at the moment but uh, so that's kind of cool but i'm just surprised that they've left it two years i would have thought that by this time well by august next year things would have hopefully calmed down and would be cool but it just gives us more time to save up and go dude i suppose it does man to get on that press pass list that's what we want um to give, give george a little ring hi george mark i'm seeing you this weekend anna for my sins <laughs> how is star wars she left you yet? I left him. <laughs> Forgot about that. Um, the uh, yeah, fascinating thing with this is that like you said that that gap. Why push it to twenty twenty two? I mean, they're obviously going to be announcing a lot of stuff, and I would imagine we'll see Star Wars announcements at other events as they crop up either digitally or or, or otherwise. Um, but it is an odd one, isn't it? Because, like you said, you'd think things would be you know back to a semblance of normalcy next year. Um, and it's it's one of those things where you'd think that if you have something like Disney Plus that is still riding the coattails of Mando season one, season two, you know, by the time next year comes around, like you need to be hitting people hard with stay with Disney Plus. Um, and Star Wars is one of the jewels in the crown for that one, as is all the Marvel stuff, of course, which, you know, I don't really know what's happening too much with that. I know, I know what's his name? Uh, the guy that plays uh, Falcon. What's his name? I forget his name. Um, he was, he was St- Anthony. Something, his name. Anyway, he was saying that they're looking at restarting, you know, filming on that one. So I, I don't know, man. It's weird. Like, how are they going to keep people's interest in Disney Plus? And if 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 the, in, in the movies as well. Let's be honest. How are they going to keep that fan drive up and running without the ability to get together and geek out? I don't know. It's a weird decision up until twenty twenty two. But they must have the reasons, dude. Must have the reasons. Yeah, yeah. Anthony Mackie. That's him. Welcome. That's the guy. Uh, yeah, so it's weird because, um, yeah, it, it must be linked to something else. These They think about these dates and everything very carefully, obviously. So it must be linked to something bigger that's coming in 2022, perhaps. Uh, so just let anybody, any of our listeners who are who are looking to get a refund, just to give you a heads up, because I'd hate to, for you guys to lose out any, any of the money, uh, you have to have your your uh, request period for a refund in by the, the end of August. So you can't just leave it and leave it. Uh, August 26th, you have to have that in. So make sure you do that if you can't make the 2022 dates. Uh, but the only thing that they're relying, they're kind of saying that, look, we're, you know, uh, pissed off that we can't do it. And, you know, you guys, we'd love to see you and all that stuff. Um, but next year, the D23 is still going ahead. So that's still a thing. Uh, which I believe happens at one of the Disney parks, I think, the D23 Expo. So that might be that might be kind of cool. We might get a few nuggets of stuff there. But anyways, we might see you guys at, um, at Anaheim in 2022. If we're still podcasting, then. Might bloody after now. <laughs> might bloody after you now. Moving on. Dude, freaking love Star Wars Lego. Well, we both do. Well, we mm. so occasions we've both said it well. Yeah. Star Wars Lego, they've announced a, a ton of sets. 
that are going to be releasing over the next... Uh, when's these coming out? I think over the next couple of months, potentially. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can pre- I think you can pre-order these little bad boys, can't you? I think so, yeah. But the interesting thing is they're now starting to link a couple of the sets to the upcoming um, Skywalker Saga Lego video game, which I think is due out again in the next couple of months. So if there's a ship or if there's a character or something like that, they've got these little stickers on the front of the, the box art now that says play in, and then it says, you know, uh, Star Wars Lego Skywalker Saga. So that's very cool. Uh, but there's some real standout pieces in here, dude, that we have to get. So I'm just skimming through. I'm going to pick out a few of them. Uh, the Star Wars Advent Calendar, always a good one. Um, classic. Classic. And that actually includes an unlock code for something within the game, which is kind of cool. Uh, scrolling down, <clears throat> excuse me, we have got uh, the 501st uh, Clone Troopers, which is very cool. We've got Anakin's Jedi Interceptor. That's also got um, uh, a play-in thing, so that you'll be able to do that. Uh, we've got the AAT from Clone Wars with an Ahsoka character. Looks very cute. Uh, this one looks very cool just because I like the color scheme, which is the Knights of Ren transport ship. Uh, and again, you'll be able to do that in the game. This looks very cool, dude. I love the whole dark gray and orange thing. Looks badass. Uh, then we've got General Grievous's Starfighter. This one, the next one, I know you're going to get it. Same as me, dude. Which is the big-ass AT-AT from The Empire Strikes Back. You'll be able to play this in the game. It also includes an unlock code, but it just looks very cool. You get the little Luke figure in his orange um, uh, jumpsuit. Uh, but dude, this brings back so many memories because I didn't have a Lego ATAT when I was a wee lad, but I did have the toy, the the, the original uh, toy line where the side opens up and all that stuff. So, a uh, big fan of uh, the ATAT and toy stuff. Uh, the next one, which is very cool, we like our little Star Wars scenes, little sets, and you've got the Death Star final duel at the end of Return of the Jedi. You've got the little Luke in his black suit with the green lightsaber. You've got Vader, Palpatine, and a couple of Imperial Guards. In the throne room, that looks really cool. We've got the, um, not too fussed about this one, this is the Resistance uh, Transporter. I think this is the one where, is this on where Leia turns up? No, it's not. Uh, anyway, it's like a kind of turn to be four kind of thing. That's got an unlock code as well. We've then got the next one, which is really badass, dude. I'm going to get this one. This is the uh, the Mando's ship. This is the Razor Crest this looks very cool. It's got a really cool little uh, couple of figures with this one. Uh, we get IG-11, which is just so cute. We've got the little uh, Baby Yoda, and we've got obviously the Mando. We've got Scout Trooper, and we've also got um, uh, the other dude. What's his name? Uh, Cargo. So some really awesome Lego sets on the way, dude. There's a couple here that I'm definitely going to get. What say you? Yeah, dude, these are all badass. Um the the thing with these ones is like I'd want them all because they know how to get you, right? So a crack for Star Wars fans is Lego versions of your favourite Star Wars characters. They're not daft. They know what they're doing. Um, <laughs> you know, you, you want a Lego version of Ahsoka? Yes, please. I'll take two. Two for a tenner. So it's like this is how they get you because each one of these sets includes at least one character that you'd want, like Grievous in Lego form. Look how badass that is. The Clone Troopers, 501st. Yes, please. So there's, this is where they get you, man. And I think it's all really cool stuff. I love um, that you've got the uh, the Luke Skywalker dangling from the AT. I think it's like they're just very well thought out. They know how to get you. Like the Emperor, 
uh, in Lego form. Yes, please. Like, the, the, there's just so much to this that you'd be like, "Damn you!" So <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's 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 Christmas list heaven for any Star Wars geek. Sam, who's listening next door, Christmas list. Christmas list is Star Wars Lego. Just I'll I'll print it out for you. So, dude, yeah, you got you're gonna get at least four of these, no doubt. Of course, yeah. And you're Lego yet, by the way? No, no, no. It's it's on the list for the weekend. Don't worry, don't worry. Well, is it on the list for the weekend though? Because it was on the list for the weekend last week. It is for sure. Well, yeah. Well, last week I said I'd do it this week coming, and this week mm -hmm. hasn't ended yet. So, well, relax, relax. Drinks at six. That's at seven. I'll do it by Sunday. You said this week, no. Drinks are Saturday, so. <laughs> Can't believe this, honestly. I'm going to drive down there and take it back. <laughs> You're absolutely right, though, in that they've teased it with some figures and you don't get all of them, which is cheeky. So, for example, with the uh, Knights of Ren ship, they only give you two of the Knights of Ren. So now you're thinking, well, how do I get the other ones? So now you have to you know, get another set that might be coming up or go and buy the minifigures, whatever. They don't just give you all the Knights of Ren, obviously. You have to sort of go out and spend more money to do that. So it's very cool. Very cool for them. Not so cool for the wallet. But anywho, uh, yeah, there's three or four in here we're definitely going to get. I just love the fact that they've they've really, really tweaked some of the some of the stuff on the on the Razor ship as well, the Razor Crest for the Mando. It just looks badass, like, like the little engine... Um, uh, little exhaust port things they've got like a little bit of a texture on it and stuff and then there's a nice little orange it just looks so cool like they've nailed the colour scheme perfectly from the movie so anyway from the film sorry from the TV show so that'd be good that's Lego moving on we had a big announcement drop for Star Wars Gaming in the last week this is theme music for you to get into it so okay Blimey. It's like jumping jacks. No, I faded it so you could talk. 2003. Like, did some manual ducking for you on that one. Star Wars Mavericks. 2020. Remember a couple of weeks ago, we said that there was a, a cool Star Wars game coming up. It accidentally leaked Star Wars Mavericks. Well, they went ahead and screwed the name. But we are going to get a cool, a cool game nonetheless. By the look of it, I'm not sure on this one, dude. I'm not sure. I don't need to tell anyone that a new Star Wars game's coming. You've all seen it. It's called Star Wars Squadrons, and it's a flight sim. It goes back to the old days. By the look of it, uh, back in my PC gaming days years ago, uh, I played this game to death: X-wing versus Tie Fighter. It was a very cool game. Obviously, very basic in its graphics and all that jazz compared to today's standards. But it's a very cool sim nonetheless. And this one looks like it's uh, like it takes a lot of inspiration from that. So we've had the the flight sim stuff in Battlefront 2, which is kind of cool. It looks very pretty and stuff, but it just doesn't have any longevity to that game mode, really. Not many people play the Starfighter mode in BF2. So they're taking a bit of a risk with this one. It's like a full-on... We were wondering before whether it was going to be just multiplayer only or whether they're going to do a bit of Battlefront 2 and squeeze in a bit of single-player storyline stuff in there, which they have done. They've revealed that now. So you're going to have a single-player single, single story-mode campaign stuff where you play against... Uh, you, you're a pilot for the New Republic, and then they've got the Empire as well. Uh, it's going to be a team of five in the multiplayer stuff, and they've got various different um, 
various different battles and modes and whatnot. And you'll be able to choose different ships and all that stuff. Uh, and there's a VR mode as well. If VR is your thing, you can be able to play it in VR, which is very cool. Um, I'm not sure what on. I think the the PlayStation VR is a, is a confirmed thing, but we don't know about anything else like the Rift or anything else like that. However, um, I'm really not sure about this, dude. It sounds very weird because it should be hyped for it and stuff. Everyone else is really excited for it. I just can't see that this has got any legs past like a, a few hours of decent gameplay. Like once you've played the story mode and you've completed the campaign, that's all good. And then obviously the multiplayer looks cool, but I don't know. There's just something about it. I just feel like it's going to fizzle out relatively quickly. I can't see this one hanging around like Battlefront did. I, I don't know. I could be wrong. What do you reckon, dude? It didn't get me going. I have to admit, um, didn't get me going. Um, it's just, it's just one of those things where I was like, ah, it looks cool. I like the idea of it, but it's gonna, it's gonna have to do something. But then having, you know, having said that, you know, thinking replay value, you, you know, you'd just played Battlefront and I know it's not, you know, you're not playing it for the flight, flight sim. The point that I'm getting at is that I'm the same with Modern Warfare. Like, I don't do anything different when I play Modern Warfare for 92 hours a week. I'm just like, it's, it's always the same. I'm going to snipe that guy from this rooftop. It's not like, an, ooh, today I'm going to plant a tree and then tomorrow I'm going to come back and watch it grow. No, it's like, same rooftop, different sniper scope, shoot bad guys. Do you know what I mean? So it's like it, it, repetition and that repetitive nature is like one of those things where we can easily say, I don't know about the replay value of it whilst turning on Modern Warfare to black people in the same way we have done for weeks. So, I, yeah, I don't know, dude, but I have to admit, I, like, <laughs> I watched the trailer. I was like, ooh, look at this, live event, eh? Live event, live event. Oh, that's it, two minutes. <laughs> so that was... Maybe that left a bit of a sour taste, but I was like, eh, I don't really care. I think the also the other point of it is that like there was nothing to really hook me. It was two characters that I didn't know. It was just like they were trying to hook you in with that whole, you know, we are the good guys and we're gonna they're just characters that we don't know. So there was no like emotional attachment to it. There was no um from a story beats perspective in the trailer, it didn't get me thinking, ooh, this is definitely Star Wars. It was just more like, oh, look, here's a space game that's kind of like a racer, but I can just fight people, like team deathmatch racing. It was it was just a bit like, mm, not sure about it, but could be completely wrong. You know, it might be pretty badass. Um, I think it depends whole wholeheartedly on the game modes, just like something like COD does just like something like, um, I guess, Fortnite does. You know, you, you must have the ability to have different game modes in something like this where you can just spend a bit of time. Okay, you know, daily challenges and here's all the stuff that I'm going to do to make this interesting every day for the players. They've got to do that, otherwise it's going to die. It's also in that really weird twilight of this generation of consoles as well, isn't it? I know we, we know the PS and the, the Series X are going to be backwards compatible. Um, and there's a lot of talk around that. I think especially on the PlayStation Network where, you know, you buy a game once and you just download it and you can play it on your new consoles and all that kind of good stuff. Like, there's a lot of that sort of stuff, but at the same time, it's like, do I really want to buy a game now? Arr. You know, I'm just going to, like you said, I'll just keep wheeling Battlefront or COD out until the next gen. So just a lot of weird things with this game, mate, you know? It's it's weird. It just doesn't feel quite there. Do you know, do you know what I mean? Yeah, I know exactly what you mean. Yeah, that's exactly what I thought afterwards. I was excited in a way because obviously it's a new Star Wars game, which is cool. And, uh, you know, I'll pre-order it and play it and stuff. But I just don't, f 
it just doesn't feel like there's enough for this to make any kind of dent in the gaming sort of spectrum at the minute. It just feels like, uh, uh, I don't know. And there's also that balance of, you know, what do you do with a, with a, a, a full on space sim game, you know, because what they did with the, the starfighter mode in, in battlefront two was, um, they didn't really market that side of it enough. I don't think to pull you in. Like it had its its hardcore fans who only played that mode, but they were sort of few in number. Everyone else just played the regular multiplayer modes, you know. You didn't really drift off too much into that mode. So just based on that alone, you would think if you were at EA, mind you, EA is just dollar signs, I suppose. But if you were at EA and you're doing that kind of thing, you'd think, well, no one's really playing that, that mode in Battlefront 2. So why would we bring out a full-on game of it because it looks almost the same it, uh, i think motive who are the, the the studio behind it i could be wrong but i think they worked on on the multiplayer stuff for bf2 whereas mm-hmm. dice did like the single uh, uh, it's one of the, one way around i can't remember but anyway i think they're using this the same or a similar graphics engine for it because it looks almost the same so it's like well let's take that little snippet of bf2 make it into a full game see where see how we go but I don't want to be a downer on it. It, it could be really cool. It could, you never know, dude. It could be like, we'll be talking about it in a year's time. Like, you're still playing Squadrons. Yeah, yeah, It's badass. So you never yeah, know. Yeah, it could but, be. Yeah. No, you're right. You're right. Yeah. Just being negos, aren't we, on that one? But a little bit negative. But I think the big thing is the mechanics of it. Like, the the thing in Battlefront 2, that kind of style was just, nah. It was just an absolute pain in the ass to control. Um, so as long as they nail the mechanics down on it. I think the challenge with mechanics on something like that and the controls are that you're not just operating on on a um, on a, a sort of a, a, a strict road plane. You've got the whole 4D, 3D, you know, the X and the Y and the Z axis to kind of deal with, where you can go up and down and back on yourself, and it's all, you know which way up am I facing? You're not just on the X and Y like if you're driving a car. Um, so I think that's a challenge because for those mechanics to be right is is pretty tough, and the controls because it's like it's tough to make sure that you can easily access all the weapon systems and okay and I, I you know remember the old like flight sims where it's like i need to strafe left and strafe right and there's a lot more controls to things than than there is in like a single player campaign on battlefront which is just okay classic classic fps <laughs> it's lt to point and rt to shoot like worst case that's what you're dealing with because you could just walk into this game and you know basically like you can get along with it from day one because you know the mechanics and the controls. Even if you're not an expert, you know how to throw a grenade because it's always the same button. Um, and I just find these sims and these kind of fighting things like this where you know it's in space and you've got the, the, the X, Y, and Z axes to, to work with. I think like that's a bit of an onboarding challenge for people as well because the second something's hard, you don't want to play it, do you? Exactly, yeah. And there was a bit in the trailer where there's like a voiceover where someone's saying, this is your your controls within the ship, and they showed the TIE Fighter version. And all these little things popped up on the screen. It's like, here's your, here's your weapon system, here's your shields, here's your controls or something else and all that lot. So that's the only thing that... But then again, yeah, that, it, it, it sounds complicated, but sometimes, and they'll probably do it with this game, is in the settings you can say, I want like basic controls where, like you said, you know, thumbsticks, triggers, you know, and away you go. Or you could go more sort of full-on sim where there's buttons to control your shields, and you know, and 
a bit more sort of a realistic sim, I suppose. But it's not going to be full-on flight sim, you know, like Flight Simulator, like the full-on game for Microsoft. It probably won't be like that, but who knows? So that's Squadrons, and that is out. When's that out, dude? That is coming out uh, later on in the year. I think it's October, maybe before that. Anyway, we will play it and then feedback on what we think. So that is news. That's all done. We're going to dive into a little bit of um, news and discussion to round out the show. This comes from Screen Rant. Those dudes are throwing up some, as the name suggests, a bit of a rant about the sequel trilogy, which never seems to be going away, uh, bashing the sequels. Uh, Their argument is that the sequel trilogy uh, glossed over and potentially missed a very important part of the Star Wars timeline. So we know that The Force Awakens and the start of the sequel trilogy kicks off roughly 30 years after the Return of the Jedi. And they're saying that all of the cool stuff that Star Wars fans talk about and all of that cool timeline stuff only gets a little name drop here and there in the sequel trilogy and should have been, we should have, they should have placed the story there really. So what they're saying is things like the formation of the New Republic, the the spark of the first order and how that got started and how that emerged and all that, all that stuff. The, uh, the continuation of the Jedi, uh, the Jedi order, and then how that subsequently, uh, crumbles and all that. Uh, they're saying that that, all that stuff is, would be better suited than what we, we ended up with. Um, which, uh, is obviously very subjective, you know, depending on how much you know about that timeline or how you feel about it is one thing, but they, I can't help but think that they do make a, a slight, a slightly good point on this because we've got so many. Everyone's pissed off, really, aren't they? Because we had all this stuff that happened so far apart from from the uh, from the OT in that timeline that it just leaves you with so many un- unanswered questions and like wanting to find out so much more. And then because Disney realised that. They then have to go back and start filling in the gaps. We spoke about it loads of times on previous shows, like all the Twitter feeds explaining all the plot holes and all that stuff. So I can't help but think they have a have a decent angle on this. Um, one thing they do point out, though, is that it would have been quite difficult to do that based on the the actors from the original trilogy because they're obviously, you know, pretty old uh, at this point. So it would have been very difficult to have Han Solo playing a young Han Solo. Um, just like maybe, I don't know, two years after the end of Return of the Jedi. So that would have been quite tricky. Uh, so yeah, th- there's that to get around. But nevertheless, it's a fairly good it's a fairly good concept. And I do agree. I, I do think that it would have been great for me. I would have loved to have seen how the First Order came to be and like the origins of that. Because it was a bit jarring just to have, oh look, there's new Stormtroopers. How the hell did that all come about? You know, how did they... How did the look and feel come about? How did the, I know it's a bit geeky, but how did like the management structure come about for the first order? Who first kicked all that off? And so, yeah, what do you reckon, dude? This could have been another one of those could have been, could have been. Yeah, again, this is, this is sort of a, a double-edged sword, isn't it really? Because you've got all the books as well that fill the gaps. Um, you know, the, 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 and things like Battlefront 2's campaign, you know, everything from Operation Cinder to the Battle of Jakku, um, you know, Masameda and the whole Mon Mothma 
kind of uh, peace treaty, the New Republic on Hosnian Prime and all that kind of stuff. Um, and then like people, characters like Ray Sloan and Temin Wexley that were in the aftermath and, and Sloan in particular went off and, and kind of parked up outside the galaxy in the unknown regions to kind of kick off the... Uh, the First Order, and it was just, the content that they have put out just leads up to the fact that, wait a sec, the Empire's down, but not out, and they leave it there, um, and it's the same with, you know, the Jedi stuff, you know, you get a little bit from some of the Leia books around, well, Leia did do a bit of training, and then she had Ben Watt, like, fairly quickly, you know, a year or two, and that's why she stopped the trip. so you kind of get little bits of it. And I think the the main challenge with this is, of course, like you said, it's it's very obvious that you know it was because the main actors wanted to come back. Well, Lucasfilm and Disney wanted to get the the, the actors back, and <clears throat> I think you're in a you're in a bit of a damned if you do, damned if you don't situation here because Star Wars has got a very specific style of tori- storytelling, and in any any other film, you could Godfather to it, where you could quite literally have you know things happening today which may be 30 years in the future, you know, 30 years, where, where The Force Awakens, and you've got Harrison Ford as he is now, and you've got um, Hamill and Carrie Fisher as she was um, back in 2015 when it was being released. And then, you know, flashback and cast people as younger versions. You've got, you got Alden Heinrich anyway, as, as Han Solo anyway. Um, you know, you've got Billy Lord that could quite easily have pulled off a young Leia. Um, and you, you know, you've, you've got, what's his name, Sebastian Stan that everyone wants to see as a young Luke. So the problem with that is that, you know, whilst that's a great idea for every other film, you do that in a Star Wars film, people ain't going to like it because it's not a Star Wars structure, which is why I think you're damned if you do, damned if you don't. Like as Star Wars fans, we want things to feel Star Wars. I mean, look at Last Jedi. That's why people didn't like that. Um, because it didn't feel as Star Wars as they wanted. And so I do think it's like a difficult thing for Disney to get right, because if you try something new, Star Wars fandom is one of the most toxic fandoms out there, if you annoy them. Um, But at the same time, if you put something together that leaves gaps, you get hammered for that as well. Um, So I think on film, it's a really difficult thing to solve, which is why I think they've skipped to that multimedia approach. Um, And we've said it a pile of times, mate. I actually don't think we are going to see anything um, sorry, I don't think that we are done seeing things from that era because we've got the Mando stuff. The original trilogy characters are not done with, no chance, because of this very reason. I think the only potential thing they could have done is change how the story worked. You know, So in Force Awakens, <clears throat> arguably what they could have done with that one is you know, you need an inciting incident to kick off something that makes you feel and care about the thing that is changing. Um you know, the first inciting incident in, in A New Hope was uh, Baru and Uncle Owen. You know, the first, the entire first act is leading to that. You know, let's burn these guys out. And then it's, uh-oh, the story really kicks off. So they could have done something there. And I remember seeing J.J. Abrams talk about this in that he couldn't put Skywalker, Luke Skywalker, on screen because um, he would have taken over and everyone just wanted to have seen it, which is why we got Skywalker right at the end, which I kind of disagree with because I think... Um, I do think there would have been ways that we could have been made to care about Finn and Rey and the other characters and Poe with Luke Skywalker there. And I think, I feel like the first act should have been just, there's a happy Republic, but somehow this Jedi Order that is here and we've established is all going well and we lose Ben Solo, 
you know, just before the beginning of The Force Awakens, and he returns at the end of Act 1 of Force Awakens, burns down the Jedi Temple, the event then kicks off, and so you've, you've sort of got, you've got enough there to work with, where you're like, wait a sec, there was a new Jedi Academy. There was a new Republic. Like, it didn't mean anything when um, Starkiller Base blew up Hosnian Prime. Didn't, didn't mean anything to anyone because everyone was like, I don't know who this is. Is that Coruscant? Is that the New Republic? And all they were trying to do there is the same thing in, as in the New Hope, which was, you know, that the, the Republic's now been dissolved, blah, blah, blah. So it's kind of, it's a weird damned if you do, damned if you don't, but I do think they could have done something with this um, and kept the Star Wars style and, and, and really put that inciting incident at the end of Act 1 and it being a, okay, let's establish the New Hope order let's establish the first order let's let's look at these machinations going on let's you know all it takes is casting someone in the in the in the character of ray sloan and someone throwing in a line which is you know we've been working on this for 30 years ever since the emperor left his plans you know something like that a, a much better written version of that um so yeah, I, and, and I think some of the arguments that JJ makes about it around, well, yeah, but you know how tricky it is to reboot something and revamp something that's so near and dear to people. I get that, but I think they just missed a beat with it. Unless they were going to flesh it out properly in um, 8 and 9, Last Jedi and Rise of Skywalker, I think The Force Awakens missed a trick. If they had fleshed it out in those two latter films... The Force Awakens was a perfect entry point because it did do the good a good job of building it back up. It's just what we got afterwards was like, oh crap, why didn't they focus a bit on that? So I think, yeah, they have a great point at Screen Rant, but I think it's a, uh, I don't think I don't think it's it's quite as simple as that. It's a lot more nuanced than that. But they could have done so much more, dudes. Without a doubt, they could have done so much more. And just to finish that little tirade, um, I I truly don't think that we're done with these characters on, not on the big screen, but I think we're going to see more from them in live action. Definitely. I think, I don't think we've seen the last of Luke Skywalker on screen. Yeah. No, I think you're right, dude. I think there's, there's still so much value in the, in their own uh, timelines and the characters themselves. There's too much rich storytelling that we haven't seen yet. And uh, yeah, you're absolutely right as well. It's one of those double-edged sword things, but yeah, just to finish off, I do think the the screen went a couple of cool things. So the first one is they could have followed the same thing they did with the prequels, and that is you don't have to follow up the films straight after one another. You could have had a bit of a gap, you know. They mentioned that in between um, uh, Menace and Clones, there was that 10-year gap. So that provided like a really cool character progression in itself because it's like we don't have to see Anakin do every little thing. You know, we can like separate it and just leave you to sort of come up with your own version in your head about what Anakin was up to as he trained to be a Jedi with Obi-Wan and all that stuff. Uh, so that's cool. And then the other thing is that this is a common complaint as well, isn't it, about the sequel trilogy where it just felt like they were rehashing the old stories and just putting a bit of a modern twist on it now and then. So if they would have gone back and explored this timeline that they mentioned, you don't have that problem because you're you're. Ex- you're going through and to non-hardcore Star Wars fans are just, you know, unaware of all of that stuff that happened after Return of the Jedi. You're going back and like, like this is what happened to Luke. Like you said, with the, there was a, a Jedi order and a Jedi Academy. This is what happened. And that's why Luke ended up, you know, being a bit of a loner, just like Obi-Wan did and Yoda and all that stuff. 
So it does take away that problem. So it's it's an interesting one. I'll put a, a link to it in the show notes. It's a, it's a good read and it does get your mind ticking on stuff. But like we keep saying, dude, we're going to be talking and debating this stuff for decades to come. So, um, so yeah, screen rant, doing a business. Ranty Ranterson. Yeah, I think it'll be, you know, interesting to look at this through the lens of, of hindsight in three years' time when we see what's come. Um, because this is a little bit Wolverine. This is a little bit Wolverine. Like, Wolverine will be back within the next three years. There will be an announcement about a new Wolverine. Unbelievably solid do you think on so? that. Yeah, big time, big time. Too big, a, too big a deal to not do. But you put that too close to uh, Hugh Jackman, who did, what, 16, 17 years? Maybe even more than that. Like, it doesn't feel right to people. Like, I, it almost feels a bit like... It's a bit Batman-y as well, though. Look at Christian Bale was literally... He only literally just took the cape off about 20 minutes before Affleck was announced. Um, they had that with Spider-Man, <laughs> didn't they, as well? Rebooting yeah, that Spider-Man's the minutes. biggest one. Yeah, yeah definitely, definitely, dude. Um, but I think this is a nice way... You know, what they did was a nice way to just let Hamill, in particular, just say goodbye to Luke. Like, you couldn't... I don't think you would have... Being comfortable as a Star Wars fan, seeing someone else play Luke Skywalker before you saw Mark Hamill play Luke Skywalker again. Now that's done, and it can be put to bed. Now give it a couple of years, and it'll get Wolverined up, and someone else will play Luke Skywalker. And rightly so, someone else played Han Solo. You know? So I think that's what happened, mate. Yeah, you're probably right, dude. We are typically correct on most things. Not blown away. <laughs> Bob's. Right, we're going to stick a pin in it there, dude, for episode 61. It's been... Great as always. One week since you looked at me. (laughs) It's been great as always getting together to kind of talk Star Wars, but just, you know, mess around and be very unprofessional, as always. Professionalism is... Right on cue. Right on cue. You line them up and knock them down, baby. What I love about (laughs) this is that, uh, like, you've been blatantly, like, adding probably, like, 50 times the words that you normally say to deliver a sentence. Like, your brain is obviously where my brain was last week. Like, a little bit all over the place, which is fascinating because it's like 9 o'clock on a Saturday morning when we do it. And uh, what I love about this is that your good lady came in with a cup of tea or coffee like halfway through and you'd blatantly text her. You're like, struggling here. Towing. Could do with a little injection of something. What have you got? And she rolls up with Yorkshire tea. So this is, this is the commitment that I want everyone listening to understand that Gaz puts into this. Because when he needs something... He gets it. And he puts this show first. When I say it, I did say, well, I didn't text her, but I said before we started recording. I said, look, you know Mark. He's a he's just a struggle at the best of times. <laughs> Nine o'clock on a, need on some a energy. Yeah. I'm gonna need a I need a brew. Bring one up. Bring one up halfway through. I think it was more like to prove that your wife exists. I think it was like a, no, 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 just they're not believing me, all right? Just, they're not believing me. I, I'm a designer and I collect Star Wars figurines and do podcasts. 
They don't believe that I've got a girl. Just come in. Please just come in. Please. Because that's what I'd do. I've had to prove it ten times over the last few years that I can go out and socialise. The struggle is real, mate. Oh, mate, honestly. You've, bag- you've bagged a normal. You've bagged a normal. Well done, you. <laughs> <laughs> Although, I feel like geek culture now, like, the uh, the old geeks are, like, ruling the world now. When people are like, oh, like my company, Rebel Base Media, everyone's like, is that a Star Wars reference? Like, yes, yes. It is. Like, oh, that's cool. Ten years ago, it would have been like... <laughs> Loser. Do you know what also what I love about um, uh, about that subject? Is you're absolutely right because I was watching a YouTube video the other day. As I do, anyone doesn't know, Rebel Base Media over on YouTube, where Mark waxes around uh, the cool stuff that Captivate.fm are doing with the podcast hosting stuff. He's like, yeah, let me just show off this new feature where you can sort of do curated collections, which is badass, by the way. Thanks, mate. And uh, what does he use as an example? Barker Rebellion is the way to go. Like, I could have used like his own personal one, could have used like a more professional uh, sort of thing, but no, just uh, brings out the old Star Wars podcast. It's freaking sweet. I love that, yeah. It's not like, yeah, it's, it's not like, uh, let's sell it by making it uber professional. It's like, ooh, look, I can group all the Mandalorian episodes together now. This is cool. <laughs> it's so cool, man. Most of the features that we build for that thing are just because I want them. So I'm like, how do I get to all the Mando episodes about the Spark Rebellion? And I'm like, let's just build this thing. <laughs> and that is product dev at its finest. That's how the best things are made, dude. No no joke. Well, that is true. That's yeah. why I make sandwiches. They are real good. Mm, toasties. I only said to Sam earlier, we should get a toast machine. And then do the classic where you have a flurry of using it for absolutely non-stop every meal five times a day you use it for two weeks and then it goes in the loft you don't see it for two years yeah covered in old butter and cheese yeah like, oh. beans like how are these beans so firmly on this yeah well they've been there five years that's why man it's the thing with toasties they'll be cleaning it they clean it every time some really cool ones I bet you couldn't have like Nutella ones Marmite Bloody love my mate. Yeah, cheese and Worcester sauce was a good one, mate. A bit of black pepper. Not gonna lie. Golden. Anyways, we need to close out the show. As I mentioned earlier, remember to subscribe to the show. Head over to sparkofrebellion.com forward slash listen. Loads of links to go off to whatever podcast app you prefer. Uh, that way you won't miss a show when it lands every single Saturday. We're on the socials too, Instagram, Twitter and Facebook. Give us a like and a follow over there. We post little bits of Star Wars news and updates throughout the week. And if you like what we do here, head over to patreon.com forward slash Rebellion. We'd love to have you as a su- supporter. Uh, everything that we do over there goes back into the show. There's uh, various tiers. Get yourself some swag. And thank you so much to our current patrons. We love you guys for your continued support. Thank you so much, so much. I'll see you next week, dude. Rep 62. Yes, you will. Thanks, dude. Always a good one. Always a good time. Always a good laugh, innit? Who has a laugh? Who do you prefer? Uh, Neil or me? Well, I'll give you two. Another one if you need it. <laughs> oh, this is awesome, dude. Uh, yeah, enjoy enjoy the week. Enjoy the weekend, everyone. And uh, stay frosty. Stay frosty. Love that. Yeah, take care of yourself, guys. Uh, make sure you're staying safe. And we will see you next week. Until then, may the force be with you always.